Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host and producer, and it is my great pleasure to bring you the second to last podcast of 2021. That's right, for those of you that uh, celebrate Christmas and all the festivities, we've got one more episode next week and then we'll be taking a little break. So for those of you uh, that do celebrate, we're wishing you all a very merry, merry Christmas and either way, we hope you have a, a safe and happy holiday season. Now, since we recorded today's episode a little earlier with Chris, there has been some extra news that has been released uh, by the government of Australia, and that is that they have once again extended the cruise ban. Now, it's the biosecurity measures, but uh, we refer to it as the cruise ban because it basically means that no international ships can now come down to Australia. It has been extended for another two months, which takes it through to the 17th of February which, let's be honest, is a little ridiculous. Some Australians can travel from their home state internationally. So, for example, if you're living in Sydney, you can fly to Singapore, you can get on a cruise ship, you can cruise around uh, Singapore, uh, have a bit of time in Singapore, come home, no quarantine required, all is well. But you cannot get on a cruise ship with only... um, people from your state in New South Wales cruise along the New South Wales coast and uh, only go to ports within that area um, because the cruise ships are simply not allowed to operate it. So it's just insane. We've lost our complete summer cruise season um, down here now, which means that uh, the reality is probably April or May will be the first of the ships, which will of course, at that time of year, only be the ships that are normally home ported here in Australia. So, uh, so let's hope that 2022 uh, does have some better news for us. Uh, Uh, We've got a lot of news in today's podcast, but I wanted to share that extra news that had come out since we had our little chat with Chris. Now, in today's show, Chris will be bringing you the latest cruise news, maritime history, listener questions, but we've also got a great guest who is also joining us towards the end of the show. She is a... uh uh, an onboard lecturer um, and uh, talks about some incredible topics and we'll be talking to her a little later in the show but it's going to be a long one so let's jump straight into it thank you once again for listening thank you for sharing liking loving subscribing for referring us to your friends we really really do appreciate it. but let's get straight into episode 83 enjoy Ooh, it's father christmas here <laughs> are you on my naughty or nice list this year Still time to change that, you know. Ho, ho, come on, Rudolph. Once again, it's Friday and it's time to catch up with our good friend, all things maritime history and cruise news, Chris Rame. Welcome back. Thanks, Baz. Nice to be back. We're back in the gardens. Yes. Botanical um, gardens, which is very lovely. And It's a little bit overcast. It's not quite as hot today, which yeah, is rather nice. It's interesting. It could rain during the recording. There's a party going on in the background that we didn't know about, so there's a whole <laughs> yeah. bit of racket. And we've had to relocate because the pond was too loud, but life's good. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> now, um, we've got a, a little bit of maritime... Oops, I've got, again, we've got a little bit of maritime history. We've got uh, quite a lot of cruise news this week. Uh, but, of course, we've also got a few listener questions. Let's, uh, first of all, jump into maritime history, which is also, I guess, a... Uh, 
a question from a listener because um, we have Jess from Hong Kong who is asking what was the cruise line and or ship that serviced Hong Kong and I'm guessing we're talking back in the day of uh, the uh, the line of voyages mm. and, and how did it all start I guess yeah um, so I think uh, probably the one that's that's it's easiest to trace back because I mean there's a lot of different companies that serviced um, you know line voyages throughout the world and Hong Kong was a busy sort of trade port and a, and a busy uh, passenger port mm-hmm. um, and of course as it developed into a, um, a key sort of commercial hub as well many different lines would service Hong Kong but if you're thinking about how those line voyages perhaps started uh, we could look at P&O for example as a, as a good example, Peninsula um, Oriental Steam Navigation Company. Um, so originally, P&O started off as the Peninsula Steam Navigation Company to, to sail mail and passenger services into the Iberian Peninsula. Mm-hmm. They then went further into the Mediterranean and started operating up as far as Egypt mm-hmm. and decided at that point that they wanted to expand into Asia. So before they even had like a, a, the ships or um, a route map created that they needed for that, they actually reconstituted themselves, re- reorganized themselves as the Peninsula and Oriental Steam Navigation Company, renamed the company in sort of basically signaling this was their intention, this is mm-hmm. their vision. Yeah, yeah. Um, they then had two fleets of ships, one that would sail up to Alexandria mm-hmm. in the Mediterranean, and then you would do an overland passage yeah, we've broken, briefly spoke spoken about, about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you do an overland passage to the Gulf of Suez, and um, that was like quite quite different from what modern day sort of shore tours or whatever are, because you'd leave the ship completely, all the luggage and mails and stuff would be taken off, mm-hmm. and it'd be taken to trains, which would get you so far, and then you'd go onto um, camel pulled caravans for a bit of the journey. There was a hotel midway where oh, you'd right. stop and sleep the night because it was a bit of a you know a hot and yeah. long journey. Um, and then the next ship would pick you up in the Gulf of Suez and initially they went sort of into India and then they went further afield and eventually ended up in in Hong Kong. So there was coaling ports um, along the way because these ships were coal powered so you'd have multiple stops and Hong Kong would become um, over time one of the key P&O ports in that that region. Uh, Interestingly enough the Hong Kong um, Shanghai Banking Corporation which was a big corporation based in Hong Kong, uh, which of course today still exists as HSBC. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of its uh, founders went on to become the general manager of P&O, and he's the oh. one who was able to help P&O adapt to the opening of the Suez Canal, oh. which then meant that one ship could go all the way through to, yep. to ports like Hong Kong. And so, um, you know, P&O, if we're looking at that example, it was the way that they connected Britain with Hong Kong as one of its colonies at the time, Mm -hmm. Um, but they would also allow for passengers to do travel between Hong Kong and places like, um, you know, ports in India or Colombo, which was one of the um, coaling ports where you could then transship onto another ship to go different P&O locations. And then there was obviously line voyages that connected Hong Kong with many different places. There was sort of subsidiary lines and um, sort of secondary uh, cargo services as well yeah. where you could get passenger passages on it okay um, which is one of the reasons just that in ports like Hong Kong if you walk around you can often find um, you know uh, hints to that there might be um, I don't know I don't know Hong Kong specifically but there, there will quite often in, in the former 
British colonial ports, there will be buildings that have names of the shipping lines. I know yeah, yeah. in many of the Australian ports, there's a P&O building or an Orient Line building, or yeah. even um, in, in um, a couple of cities in Australia, we have um, White Star Line buildings. Ah. So um, uh, if, you, if you wander around the city, in, in particularly parts that haven't been redeveloped, you might, you might find some hints to some of the other shipping lines that have been there in the past. <sighs> Brilliant questions, Jess. Thanks for that one. And uh, we'll come back with a few extra list of questions in just a second, which can take a quick, short break. If, like me, you're not a great fan of fast fashion and you prefer to do things uh, a little bit more sensitively, if you can, all of our Big Cruise podcast merchandise is uh, sourced using only organic cotton, produced using only green energy, and there is zero plastic used in any of the process or packaging. Um, it's a great alternative to uh, buying a cheap souvenir t-shirt. You can buy merchandise with the Big Cruise podcast logo, or you can design your own. Simply jump on. We've got a whole heap of different uh, designs, different styles of clothing as well. And once again, it's all organic, it's all green energy, and there's zero plastic in the whole production. You'll find the link to how to do that in uh, the show notes for each and every episode, but just jump on the website, the Big Cruise Podcast, and look in the top right-hand corner. Now our next question comes in from Gary in Sydney. Now this question, Chris, um, we've actually answered in podcast, I think it was probably about 10 or 12 episodes ago, so I will dig out the episode number and put it in the show link. Show notes, but uh, Gary asks Hi, Buzz and Chris. Many years ago, I was the QM2 as part of a world voyage embarking in Hong Kong and sailing to Sydney. During the voyage, I took part in a crossing the line ceremony, which involved kissing a fish and lots of gunky foodstuffs. It was such a fun experience, and since then, I've seen it a number of times on various ships, and each ship does it in a similar manner. I've noticed that the crew members taking part seem to get special attention. I'd like to know what, what I'd like to know is. What is the tradition behind the nautical mayhem? And if a ship is doing a world cruise, does the crossing the line ceremony happen every time she passes the equator? So the crossing the line ceremony actually has uh, ancient origins and it uh, originated in its current, I suppose in its current form, in the Northern European countries in a time before those sailors were even crossing the equator. And it actually has, it's, it's probably the most long, long uh, I guess, origins come from Viking times. Um, when the ships would pass out past a landmark or a particular point in the ocean that was significant to to the Viking travellers in that time. Yeah, so yeah. obviously they weren't travelling as far south as the equator, but they would have had other um, uh, points on the voyage where you might be passing into an, a region that had been unexplored or... Yeah. Um, uh, you know, was a was a significant milestone in the voyage, uh, and the crossing the line ceremony or the ceremony that sort of inducts people onto the ship was designed to, I guess, prove the strength of some of the new sailors who <laughs> hadn't done it before. You know, have they got their wits and can they yeah. actually manage to do this particular long, dangerous voyage? Now, I guess in some form, have they got their sea legs? Yeah, true. I mean. Uh, there's plenty of stories about people, you know, they, they would go, go into pubs and, and stuff in, this, in the towns, round up people who'd never been to sea before, stick them on a ship, and they'd be the very, very ill. <laughs> yes, yeah, hope for the best. Um, if you didn't do your best, you could get a flogging, so it was um, very different, very different times. And in fact, and I think I might have mentioned this last time, but uh, explained quite well in Peter Fitzsimon's book about Captain Cook's voyages, they talk about the, the, the British 
crossing the line ceremonies where there was um, you, you were thrown off t the rope was tied to your leg and you were thrown off the side and dunked <laughs> into the water um, as the ship was making uh, making way um, obviously these modern day ceremonies aren't that brutal yeah, something you could get away um, with now so it's been sort of adapted to to allow it to sort of meet I guess OSH requirements and all that sort of thing <laughs> safety and health um, your second part of your question is if a ship's doing a world cruise do they do it every time yeah most cruise ships who are doing the world cruise will do it like on the outbound and on the return part yep. just because it's something that passengers really enjoy yep but interestingly enough i had a, I had a look at um how the, the the navies deal with this and generally because it's the same group of people you see on a world cruise the pe passengers are changing all the time crew yeah, might yeah. do a rotation halfway through the voyage but on the naval ships when they go on a deployment they only do it on the first time that they cross ah. so they might go across the line five or six times on their deployment same crew yep there's no there's no new newcomers to um to have to, to go through the ceremony <laughs> so yeah and i guess the most important part of the modern day ceremony is that um it, it sort of to connect to that ancient um tradition it's uh, king neptune's court is what's held mm -hmm. on board so yep. Somebody, sometimes a captain, sometimes a entertainment director, sometimes um, uh, you know uh, maybe the second officer or first yep. officer might um, dress up as King Neptune, and then they will um, have a have a bit of a speech. And if you have not crossed the line and you choose as a passenger to to enjoy this particular um, experience, you can go um, present yourself to King Neptune. You'll quite often be asked to kiss a fish. Which is, um, I actually don't know the origins of the fish. So if anyone knows, please write in. Um, and then they'll throw you in the pool, and or they'll cover you in food and, and throw you yep. in the pool. It's um, it leaves the pool in quite a state. <laughs> I, I imagine the, uh, the the people who are in charge of making sure that the water is sanitary love the ceremony. Yeah, can imagine. But it's you know people quite enjoy it now. Um, a lot of people use pull pull the card out. Of, I flew flew over the equator, so I don't have to do it. Um, but it was. Not the it same. was Particularly, I mean, can you imagine doing that on an aeroplane? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, particularly a maritime tradition. Yeah, they do something similar. I think I mentioned it in the last time we spoke about this as well. When you cross the, the North Cape, mm. so when you're on the Hurtigruten coastal route and you go north beyond uh, the North Cape, um, and again south um, on the return journey, they also have a similar ceremony involving uh, an ice bath for those. Of the yeah, uh, well, the, that's, that's I mean, Hurtigruten being Norwegian and the Viking tradition is probably yeah more true to the original. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for that, Gary. Hopefully we've tried to understand. As I said, the, the link to the original uh, lengthy answer is in the, the show notes. So have a look at that as well. Our next question is a technical one, Chris. Let's try keeping it as basic as possible. Jill from South Australia has asked, particularly Chris, what is the algorithm you talk about when talking about YouTube? <laughs> okay, so we don't sit here and, uh, and go down a rabbit hole. The algorithm <laughs> is the supercomputer that predicts what you want to watch and puts videos in front of you to keep you on this, the site as long as possible. That's a very short answer. Yeah. <laughs> I will stop there because I get fired up about Okay. It, but just one thing I will say is it's not just YouTube. There's algorithms. There's a Facebook algorithm. There's a Twitter, yeah, any Instagram, kind of any of the socials. Yep. And they're all competing for your time. So as a creator, when you build a video and put it out there, what you really want is for the algorithm to think, to find the people that might find the video interesting and put it in front of them. Um, as a viewer, all of everybody should just be aware that 
you know, you've had those moments where you go on YouTube to watch a particular video and two hours later you kind of like, what happened with my day? Yeah, you know, yeah, Because yeah. you get, there's so many more Sock things. Yep. Yeah. So what it's doing is it's trying to work out what you're going to like and give it to you. But if you're not aware of that, you could end up spending two hours when you really didn't want to. So yep. Yep. just watch my videos and then stop. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the link to Chris's YouTube channel is always in the show notes. Uh, a bit of self-promotion there. We should probably take another break, actually, and um, come back with the cruise news. Actually, Chris, we have got one extra question. It is from huh. Vilma in the UK. Thank you, Vilma, for this one. Oh, yes, of you course. You asked um, what makes T-Mill, which is the provider of our uh, cruise merchandise and cruise fashion available on the website, mm. what makes them so good? And the short answer, uh, Vilma, is that um, they only produce any products using organic cotton. They uh, source from very ethical sources. You can read all about it uh, on my website and theirs as well. They only use green electricity in the whole production process and they never use any plastic in any of the packaging. So if you receive a parcel from yourself or them, it's in this uh, beautiful, it's actually a maritime theme, um, fully biodegradable uh, packaging system. So it, that does good as well. But also additionally, at different times of the year, they also do a thing called buy a tea, plant a tree. And uh, I'm gonna put some notes in the show notes just to show kind of some of the things and some of the lengths they've gone to to uh, make sure that these trees get planted where they get planted, how much CO2 it's taking from the atmosphere and things. So, uh, um, yeah, they just do a lot of things, uh, or go above and beyond to do a lot of great things uh, for the environment, and that's why uh, we choose to promote them as part of And the of shirts are nice, place. and the hoodies are nice. Yeah, they're and good, good quality, quality, and they wash and well. And <laughs> yeah, and the little, um, the prints with the logos or cruise podcast wording, or in my case, my little ship, Yep. Um, they're good quality, like they don't, I mean, I've been wearing this, and it seems to be. Um, yeah, yeah, and I've washed mine so yeah, many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't affect so. it. So yeah, um, yeah. If you're interested, and it's not a hard sell in any way, shape, or form, uh, we have got the merchandise on the website. Just click on the cruise fashion section, and at the moment, you can also design your own as well. And if you're in the UK, you'll still get it in time for Christmas. It's time for another break, Chris. <laughs> Happy holidays. Okay, first up, Chris, we've got a bit of bad news here in Australia. The pause oh, has been extended yet again. something different, Barry. So P&O have announced the pause through to 3rd of March for their ships down here in Australia. And uh, just yesterday, actually, or the day before, uh, Carnival actually announced a further extension through till April. <laughs> um, so in some ways, the government are talking away of how we restart and what the pathway is. But obviously, the longer we leave it, the longer it takes to get the ships back. So uh, right now we're looking probably March, April at the earliest. So let's hope that some talking starts to happen um, in the right uh, departments to make sure that we can get this happening at some point in early 2022. What is it like in the rest of the world? If you're um, not in Australia and you've got a positive cruise experience, write in and share it with us. Yeah, tell us. We can live vicariously through you. <laughs> and lots of you are, of course. There's uh, many, many of the world's cruise ships are back in operation. Uh, one of them, of course, and one of the first ones was actually uh, Dream Cruises in their uh, ship, which they have up in Singapore. Now, they've got some great, new, a great news story, which mm. unfortunately doesn't help us here in Western Australia, but does uh, help out people on the East Coast, because for the first time in a long time, they're opening bookings up for international visitors on the ship's ex-Singapore. Yeah, so they have a um, vaccinated travel lane um, in Singapore, which means that if you're you know, vaccinated, you can come into, into mm -hmm. Singapore from, from certain countries. Um, and that will be open to Australians. Um, as Barry mentioned, the different states still have different rules. So there's, I think, two states in Australia that, that, that are open now to, to travel and others um, are phasing it in over time. Yep. Um, and some of the states were yet to, to find out when that will happen. Um, but yes, it's, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, they've been um, 
world uh, uh, dream cruises rather have been cruising for quite some time now throughout the, the pandemic and uh, world dream has actually celebrated one year of cruising uh, and taken over 200,000 guests yeah on safe voyages so Incredible. good on them yeah and uh, hopefully some of our australian friends will get an opportunity to get up to singapore because it is a great destination if you haven't been uh, do try and do so um, a lot of news out of msc over the last couple of weeks but the mm. first being that they have just hosted their naming ceremony for virtuoso or msc virtuoso in dubai yes gosh msc's got a, a lot of links with dubai now it's, yeah. um, and also um their their favorite uh, godmother i think sophia lauren yeah has, um, come um, out to Dubai and has named, um, officially named Virtuosa. Uh, of course, we knew the name of the ship before the naming ceremony, but it's a <laughs> nice uh, little um, sort of formality there. Um, and interestingly enough, MSC has noted that they share the UAE's um, target of reaching net zero emissions by, by 2050. So Yeah, they're um, striving to do quite well. They've uh, just announced some new initiatives as well. Which isn't in this news, actually, but I did post it in the cruising section of the website about one of the new ships and the, the, the battery packs, which we've spoken about for the cruise lines that they're going to invest in as well. Mm. Uh, and, of course, Virtuoso is uh, one of their, their newest, biggest ships, 6,334 guests when she sails at full capacity. Uh, People often ask, like, how many crew to service? So this one's got 1,700 crew. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so they, they, they utilise a lot of um, sort of economies of scale on these big ships as well to make sure the operation runs smoothly. Mm-hmm. And of course, their ship will be in uh, the UAE or the United Arab Emirates through to March of 2022. Now we're going to move over to Princess and talk about the Caribbean Princess and the return to service out of uh, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, Fort Lauderdale, of course, before the pandemic, one of the most busy cruise ports in the yeah. world. Um, so the Caribbean Princess is now sailing into the Eastern Caribbean. Um, and she's just the next in a, a long line of princess ships that have been sort of phased back in. Yep. Um, so there's a heap of uh, round uh, trip voyages that they're offering, which, uh, you know, as they do out of, out of the US uh, ports, um, taking in destinations like St. Thomas, Cozumel, uh, in Mex- was well, a Mexican island, uh, Grand Cayman, uh, and Princess Key, um, which is their private uh, resort in the Bahamas. And we're doing seven-day um, trips, but you can combine them for a 14-day trip. And basically, um, what, what that would entail then is you do the Eastern Caribbean, and then you'll do a Western yeah, Caribbean. Yeah, so you can kind which of is a great way to do it, because yeah, it's a different ways. vibe on the, the different sides of the Caribbean. And uh, just a heads up as well, Caribbean Princess has had a, a few announcements of uh, recent mm. times. So she's uh, been kind of uh, brought up to date with some great kids and family themed areas on board. So if you're looking to travel with kids and turn to the Caribbean, then take a look at the ship. It may be the right uh, option for you. Next up, Chris, we've got some great news um, out of Princess once again with Enchanted Princess. They've announced the, uh, the four women who will be the, the godmothers for this particular ship. Yes, yeah, so Captain Lynn Danaher. Um, from the United States Coast Guard, licensed master and dive master um, will be one of them. Uh, Dr. Vicky Farini, um, she's a PhD in coastal oceanography. Um, and Jennifer Austin, who spent 14 years at Google um, and has been involved in the uh, production of Google Earth and Google Maps. Oh, wow. So there we go. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've actually had a little invite to the, uh, I got very excited this week, we've got an invitation, I forgot to tell you, oh, to the naming ceremony of um, this particular ship. And I got all excited thinking of, we were off somewhere in the world, 
It's uh, it's on it's online. So oh. it's a, I have to share the link with you to watch it on Tuesday morning at oh, five a.m. Perth time. Well, uh, <laughs> thank you, Princess. They're sending a little something to uh, to thank watch. Thank you. Can they send us a coffee as well? <laughs> five a.m. <laughs> Might need it. That's lovely. No, it'd be great to see. So yeah. Thank you so much, Princess. No, it is. It's uh, it's, it's nice to. Um, have the, the the cruise lines remember us here in Australia? Yeah, no, it is yeah. exactly because there's lots of other places where things are happening a lot quicker. Yep. So uh, thank you to those of you that do uh, remember us and recognise us. Um, we've got a great bit of news out of uh, Hertie Gruten, but particularly for the North America markets. If you're elsewhere in the world, just kind of ignore this next little bit of news. But uh, in particular, they're partnering uh, with some conservation projects up in North America, particularly in Alaska and the Galapagos, um, and uh, trying to kind of give back to the community, I guess. Yeah, so 1% of all North American bookings made in November and December for the Alaska and Galapagos um, sailings will will be um, involved in this particular um, promotion, which will help the Hurtigruten Foundation. Yeah, so they're looking at helping out the restoring the giant tortoises uh, population up in the Galapagos and then um, also helping out with the marine reserves and the iguanas and other little areas up in Alaska as well. So some extra information there for that in the, the show notes once mm. again. Um, we've had some bumper news out of Norwegian Cruise Lines. There is <laughs> so not, much yes. content here. Um, we're going to kind of skip through as much of it as possible and refer you back to the show notes if you uh, have got anything that you want to kind of particularly look at. But Norwegian and Voiled the deployment through to 2024, which includes more itineraries for sale in its history. Yeah, so let's just quickly running through some of the highlights that, that jumped out at me. So Norwegian Epic's going to be making her debut in Israel from November 2022. Mm. Norwegian Sky will be doing a series of very port intensive voyages out of the Carib- in the Caribbean, Southern Caribbean particularly, um, in 2024, January through to April. Uh, here's one that got my attention. Norwegian yep. Spirit uh, coming to Australia and New Zealand, 12-day um, uh, voyages, and that will be taking place obviously after the Australian border opens. Um, Pride of America, which is of course Norwegian Cruise Line's American flagged ship that operates in um, Hawaii. Um, she'll have Hawaiian voyages going on sale through to the end of 2025. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Um, Alaska We'll see a Norwegian Spirit visiting in 2024 and from um, April through to September, um, taking on those um, fire and ice voyages that are so yeah. popular up there. Um, Epic's then going to reposition up to the to the Mediterranean. Norwegian Escape will be there doing Mediterranean voyages, as will Pearl. Northern Europe will see Norwegian Getaway in May of 2024. Uh, Canada will see Norwegian Joy in September of 2024. Norwegian Joy is going to delight guests traveling through the Panama Canal because that's always an joy? amazing experience. Yeah, it looks like she's, she's trotting around the world, basically. <laughs> um, in 2023, oh, I'm going to run out of puff in a minute here, Buzz. <laughs> um, the Caribbean, again, we pivot back to that part of the world. Um, we will see a number of the NCL ships in 2023 and 2024, including Getaway Joy again. I guess that follows on from the um, yep. Panama Canal and um, Jade. And then, obviously, the the favourite of this particular bunch of news, because Joy will then spend some time in Bermuda as well. So, lots going on, um, and wonderful to see. So, voyages available 2022, 2023, 2024, and for Hawaii, also 2025. Always, of course, through your favourite local cruise specialist. Um, Some great new deployment news for our Australian listeners. Uh, Princess have announced the 2023-2024 deployment, which includes not one, but two Royal-class ships uh, based out of Sydney. Yes, Majestic Princess and Royal Princess, the uh, 
class leader yeah. of that particular class out of Sydney. 113 different voyages to choose from, taking place between September 23 and October 24. Yeah, a few highlights there. We've got uh, the Coral Princess offering 110 round, sorry, 110 night round world cruise with embarkation points in Sydney and Brisbane yes, of May 2024. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> actually, that's a big ship for an Australian round world cruise. Normally, they used to use a Southern Sea class ship. So well, obviously, you, they don't have those anymore. So yeah. I guess we've been upgraded and. Um, if you're going to spend 110 nights, a big ship's nice because yeah, there's lots more balconies. Yeah. Um, we then get a 33-night Tasman cruise um, to New Zealand. Uh, we've got 12-night round-trip cruises from Sydney out to uh, Melbourne, Kangaroo Island, Port, I Port Adelaide, Port Lincoln, Port Arthur, and Hobart. So down the, the south of Australia there. We'll put ourselves uh, down for that one too then, Beth. Uh, and also I quite like the Coral, uh, uh, Coral Coast uh, itinerary out of Fremantle here, visiting yeah, Exmouth, yeah. Broome, Curry Bay and Geraldton. Curry Bay, of course, is famous up in the Kimberley region. And then we've got a couple of round Australia cruises. The good old circumnavigations are back with embarkation points in Sydney, Brisbane and Fremantle. Yep. And we've got a reposition cruise as well at Singapore down to Fremantle on board Coral Princess. So Very that's, nice. Uh, uh, available as well so lots to choose from there and uh, good luck for princess i'm sure the deployments will be very we'll be busy, very popular Baz, we'll be busy we will we will it's going to be a good year 2022 um that's all we've got in the form of cruise news this week chris uh, but of course we uh, have a special got... episode this week isn't it we're going to be speaking to tamara yeah she'll be joining us uh, in just a moment after this next break um, uh, friends overseas who uh um regular travelers on cmv may remember her yeah because she was a quite a a regular feature on board the CMV ships doing uh, doing lectures as part of their enrichment program. Exactly. So we'll be talking to her in just a second. We're going to take a quick break, but in the meantime, thanks as always, Chris. We've got one more episode before Christmas, and so we'll be back with lots more cruise news next week. Thank you. Hello, it's me again. Just wanted to thank those of you that have supported us via Buy Me A Coffee. Um, if you're not familiar with that uh, system, it's a little bit like Patreon, where you can support your favourite YouTuber or artist. Um, we use Buy Me A Coffee, which is basically because we love coffee. Um, and in a nutshell, you can donate the cost of a coffee, about four Australian dollars, or multiple coffees if you prefer. Um, and in return, you receive priority access to all of the podcasts. So it doesn't matter where you listen to your podcast. If you support us via Buy Me A Coffee, you'll receive an email every week um, just saying the new podcast is live and available. Here's the link, or listen to it in your favourite podcast. And uh, it gets to you about... 12 to 24 hours before anybody else gets access to it so it's a, a great little bonus there and uh, once again it's about four Aussie dollars um, one coffee multiple coffees you decide but every little donation is greatly appreciated and just a reminder you can find the link uh, to buy me a coffee in the show notes on the website and uh, also via the buy me a coffee app thanks in advance whoa there Rudolph oh, oh, oh. wishing you a very Christmas. Okay, our next guest, uh, we're very privileged to, to have Tamara Lampard with us, so who is, uh, amongst other things, an onboard lecturer, so very similar to Chris, she spends uh, quite a bit of time at sea uh, on board some beautiful ships, seeing some great parts of the world. Tamara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. No, it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to speak to a fellow uh, cruise nerd, without being uh, <laughs> too harsh. <laughs> cruise nerd, like. <laughs> so um, we want to cruise. Yeah, team cruise exactly. So Chris is still with us, of course. Uh, we've only got two microphones though, so we're going to try and share it around a, a little bit. Um, we normally finish off with a segment which I like to call uh, fast facts, um, but we're going to start off with that today, just to, to, to start things up. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions as a, a multiple choice answer. You just choose whatever comes to mind. It doesn't really mean anything; it's just a bit of fun. Oh, you're throwing in the deep. All right, <laughs> all right. You're so, ready for this Go tomorrow. for it. We've got uh, sunrise or sunset. 
Ooh, sunrise. Formal night or casual? Formal. Day ashore or day at sea? Day at sea. My shout at the bar, what are you drinking? Ooh. Uh, sea breeze or a, um, well, a dry white. Dry white, nice. Yeah. Like it's very shout. Yeah, uh, or a gin and tonic. <laughs> I have three. I can look, I've got a whole list. Yeah, we We've can got look. a drinks package, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the way. Uh, if you could choose one ship, current or past, as your favourite, what would it be? Without a doubt, my beloved Esther. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's a good, a good place in my heart, too. Um, have you got a favourite port anywhere in the world? Oh, I think Lisbon. Yeah? Yeah. Um, that's why at sunrise. Yeah. Coming up the river into Lisbon mm. at sunrise, it's magical. Bridge in there. Oh, yeah. the bridge yeah. and, the, and the light coming onto the city and it going from pink to... Yeah. Oh, it's just beautiful. Oh, if only we could go back tomorrow. Yes, please. <laughs> and do you have a favourite activity on board? I think you're going to be biased for this one. Actually, as a, as a passenger rather than lecturing, as a lecturer. Lecturing, <laughs> Look, I love, I do love lecturing. It's good fun. Um, I love being on deck. So um, I will spend as much time as I can on deck, whether it's um, reading a book or spotting, you know, raising krakens. There's a story there. Um, or, um, you know, just wildlife spotting. I love it. I don't even know what a raising kraken well, it is. sounds like the story has well, to be there's, told there's now. A, there's a story. So on Asta, my first voyage, it was transatlantic. And there were, as usually happens, a regular bunch up on the forward viewing deck. Mm -hmm. You get to know each other, you, you know. And it seemed that every time I went up and I stood there for a minute and I said, have anybody said any whales? And they went, no, no, no nothing today yet. I said, like, oh, okay, it's time for some whales. And within minutes, oh, really? we'd have whales. Wow, you're the whale whisperer. <laughs> exactly. So then, one, so then they kept saying to me, tomorrow we haven't, get somebody, they'd come and find me on the ship and say, we haven't seen anything. You need to come up to the oh. viewing deck. <laughs> no, you got asked to come back so many times. It was, <laughs> so it, it, became, it became this big joke that I was the whale whisperer. Mm. And then this one time um, we had something come up and they, of course, had all the gear, the binoculars and the so on. And we could not work out what this thing was. So one of the guys said, Tamara, you've raised the kraken. Yeah. So that's, ah. that, oh, that's stuck. The razor of the Kraken. <laughs> like it. Now, if you could choose um, a, a ship that we could, well, the world's back to normal. We're back. We can go anywhere in the world. Yes. Go on any ship we want to. It's got to be a ship that's still around. I'm afraid. Um, where would you like to be? Just for the um, listeners' benefit, you've got the same expression as I have. What is normal? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> remind me of that. Well, and also, um, oi, what yeah. a choice! I know, right? Like, wow. Um, Okay, so I could cheat and say I'll do a world cruise Okay. Um, on something um, small but luxurious. Ooh. Oh, Seabourn Sojourn, so, maybe. Well, I was going to say one of the Seabourns or a, um, is, it, is it Emerald? Oh, yeah, Emerald uh, Yacht Cruises. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Barry's favourite, Windstar, maybe you try yeah, that. Yeah, Windstar's oh, good. Oh, I would love to. That's, that now, okay, so um, one of the... Uh, there's three of them in a fleet and their sail under yeah, yeah. sail. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. what yeah. I would do. I so would do a transatlantic. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah, um, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Ah, Lovely. Love it. Cool. Now I'm really curious. Uh, how or why did you find yourself as a, a cruise ship lecturer? What, what led you to it? It's a bit of a story. You want the whole yeah, the whole let's go thing? for it. Yeah. All right. It's an interesting story. Eh? <laughs> it's, it's it's fun. Um, it, it came about because of my parents. Mm -hmm. My father is a ship's captain, 
my mother's an air hostess, mm -hmm. so clearly I was You've got born. Travel in the blood, yeah. Yes, indeed. Born to be to love travel. So back in the day, um, when they first got married in 1963, they spent the first three years of their life at sea together. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they conceived me at sea, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I think is the reason why I don't get um, seasick. Oh, you got sea legs, okay. Back in there. <laughs> How are um, you on dry land, though? <laughs> <laughs> I manage. I, I, I hold my end up. But um, yeah, so so they spent the first three years of their of their married life together at sea, conceived me, and on their last trip, um, they went through the Panama Canal. So my mum was heavily pregnant with me, mm. um, with my, on board the ship with my dad. Yep. So to celebrate their 55th wedding anniversary, they decided that they would recreate that trip because oh, wow. they'd found a southern repositioning from Tilbury to, yep. to Fremantle yep. and they decided it was going through the Panama and they decided that they would go. Yeah. After hearing them talk about it and see the brochures and blah, 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 I thought to myself, I have that? to go. Oh, this was on the Aster. Yeah, my favourite. My favourite. Yeah. So, and this, this is one of the reasons why. Um, but they, they, I thought to myself, gosh, I really, really want to go. How can I make this really special? So I decided that I was going to um, surprise them. Mm -hmm. And the idea was that they would board in Tilbury and I would join in Amsterdam. And I would then be taken on board and hidden away in my cabin. And then at dinner time, as we sailed away, um, they would tell my parents there was somebody else joining them at the table, oh, wow. which would not be a popular thing, I have to say, right? That wouldn't I have gone. Know. That would not have gone down well. Um, and then they would bring me. Uh -huh. Ta-da! Here I am, right? There you go. But what happened was even better, I think. Um, I went to Amsterdam and I love the Van Gogh Museum, uh -huh. so I took the opportunity to go again because I hadn't been since they'd reorganised and, yep. and revamped it. So I go down into the basement and I get my my my. Um, headphones and my talking yep. tour yep. and I go up to the top floor and my idea is I'm going to walk the way down. Gear didn't work at the top floor, dang, okay, back in the, <laughs> in the lift to go down to replace it. We get down to the bottom floor, the lift opens and there's my mum and dad. No. <laughs> <laughs> Same museum. Oh, Same wonderful. museum, right there. Well, of course, you know, lots of screaming and laughing and <laughs> my dad just, just, he just laughed and laughed and laughed and my mum, she said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah, surprise. So, surprise, here I am. And they're like, what are you doing here? I said, I'm joining you. What do you mean? What, what, what? Joining us. I said, I'm coming on the ship. They were, they were just beside uh -huh. themselves. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yes. That's great. So, so you did the full voyage from Amsterdam all the way through to Amsterdam, Sydney, Fremantle? Well, unfortunately, my boss, who was really great to give me the time off mm. in, under short notice, um, wouldn't let me do all the way through to Fremantle. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so, the time, that, yeah. right? So I did a, a, um, Amsterdam to Auckland. Oh, okay. Oh, that's still, yeah. a, nice still a good chunk. Yeah. Nice oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just that I really wanted to go into Sydney Harbour with my dad. Yeah, yeah. You know, because my grandfather was a Sydney Harbour pilot. Wow. Oh, you and really they, do have Sydney yeah, blood. <laughs> and they, they, well, actually eight generations of seafarers. There we go. Right oh, back to, to be. yeah, right back my Four bears came with the first fleet. Oh wow! And one of them was the first officer in command of Rushcutters Bay. Oh, um, okay. So there's, and every generation since has had seafarers wow. in it. My cousins, there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my cousins are captains. Um, one that I'm close to, he builds ships. Wow. Um, another is a pilot in Melbourne, sorry, in Geelong. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 all it's all there. 
Wow, okay. My family history is a bit of a, a seafaring thing. And in fact, that's one of the things that the trip on Asta was really transformative for me. When I was a teenager, I very nearly went to um, Maritime College in Launceston. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, I near as a tick was there with my cousins and my dad talked me out of it. He said, look, it's not a life if you want to have a family, yep. you know, and he talked me out of it. That long trip taught me that I could easily have been at sea and I would have loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. So the life, a, a choice, yeah. a different choice, a different life, yeah. you know. Yep. Yeah. And then from there, from that surprise voyage to lecturing on board, how did that transition happen? Well, because it was such a long voyage, um, guests were helping out, you know, doing little organizing various Gosh, clubs like and the old talks. Land voyages and days extra activities, yeah. 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 yeah, extra activities. You know, entertainment teams busy practicing for the southern season. They're quite happy to have other things to fill the program. And uh, somebody saw me, um, I was reading my tarot cards, and somebody saw me and said, would you do a reading? Or would you teach, talk about it? Would you teach us? Oh. So I ended up doing some classes and I talked about tarot and then I talked about folklore because there's connections there. Yep. And then one of the, obviously some people who attended went to the cruise director and said, look, she's really good. We're really enjoying it. Can we do more? Mm. And the cruise director came along and she listened in. And then she said to me, you know, I reckon you could do this. Mm. Like, I'll put you in touch with the, with the team, the entertainment team. Um, oh, okay. And you can, you know, see if you can do it for real, like oh. as a proper lecturer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so there I am. So I'm curious, your cruise director, was it Scottish Katie? No. Oh. I would love to have met Scottish Katie. I've heard she's a little bit legendary. Yeah. Um, everybody thinks the world of her. No, it was um, it's the lovely Lauren Simpson. Oh, yeah. No, Lauren. Yep. yep. Yeah. So and I've got a bit did... of a connection with the Astor as well. So we used yeah. to charter her for the, the first weekend cruise down here in, in Fremantle every year. Oh, nice. um, so I worked always very closely with all the cruise directors that came down on oh. the Astor and Katie was definitely one of the best. Yeah. Yes, everybody loves Katie. Yeah. You and I met with um, yes, we did, yeah, some I, talks yeah. at uh, aged care facilities and one of them involved taking people on board um, oh. and board the Astor. Oh, wonderful. All those years ago, yeah. Wow. So we've all got a little Yeah, thanks to Anne Hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She is no longer, unfortunately. Sadly, sadly. Mm. came to the end of her days. <laughs> you've, had a, you've had a long lineup of CMV ships, some of the most iconic ships that have sailed in recent years, including the Marco Polo. I am so lucky. Marco Polo and Astoria. Mm. I'm so lucky that I had the opportunity. I sailed on all of the ships in the CMV fleet except for Columbus. Okay. okay. She was the newest one anyway, really, wasn't she? I, I, yeah, pretty much. No, Vasco oh, da Gama Vasco was, da Gama, was, was the yes, newest. Yes. So, My bad. yeah, Marco Polo, Vasco da Gama, Astoria, um, Magellan, uh, and and of course Asta. Yeah. So I was really, really lucky to have spent time on all of them. So yeah. that means that I got to know a lot of the cruise directors and mm, yeah. the different, mm. obviously the different setups and everything. Mm. It was it was great. I was so lucky. So Marco Polo, the listeners will remember, of course, was one of the last ocean liners left in service, and the um, uh, Astoria yeah. used to be the Stockholm, which was involved in the Andrea Doria incident. Yes, mm. indeed. Is there any, was there any indications on board the ship of her previous life? Yes, um, the bell is. Yes, her, of course. The bell was returned. Stockholm bell, yeah. Yeah, um, and there are lots of there were lots of photographs and sort of bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. And when I was on Marco Polo, um, there was a woman whose name I forget. She's quite well known in that she had a strong connection to the ship and she was almost on the ship she was on the ship very very often oh, okay. and i think she was somehow responsible for the bell coming back it was, oh, there was something sure. like that 
but she was um, um, yeah she had a very strong connection and I, and I spoke to her a couple of times but she was um, I wanted to know more but she was quite quiet and reserved oh, so okay. I didn't, I didn't, didn't push sort of, it yeah, yeah I didn't push it didn't get much but it, she would be somebody with you know to because she knew the the um, the Marco Polo backwards. Yeah, like she, yeah, she just yeah. knew everything. That's the iconic ships there. And the yeah. Master, of course, we had his own loyal following. Yeah. Yeah, with good reason. Yeah. Yeah. She was a delightful little ship. Yeah. yeah. She's, um, it was like a country house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? And the, I think the, the big thing was the, the housekeeper, her attention to detail on that <gasps> ship. There was not a speck of dust anywhere mm. to be found. It, it was, was really, nice. really clean. The crew the night when I was on, um, because it was a... Um, you know, it is what it is. Um, most of the, the passengers were considerably older than me. Yeah, as um, it would be on a long so, voyage, yeah. Yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time hanging out with crew. Mm-hmm. Um, made some really good friends, people that I'm still friendly with yeah. to this day. Um, and that was one of the things actually I love about CMV, different to other lines, is they actually encouraged um, uh, friendships between guests and crew yeah. um, in a positive, in a, you know, yeah, yeah, positive yeah. way. And, um, and I think everybody benefited from it it was great it was a really nice thing so what was your last CMV cruise and and did you lecture on board is that yes I did Um, so I took it the reason that I was able to do so many cruises and almost back to backs was that I took a year of unpaid leave Oh, okay. So I took a sabbatical yep. to take an opportunity, the opportunity right, to get it in just go yeah good timing timing was just incredible so the last cruise that I I did circumnavigated the British Isles twice. I did the Baltic cities, St. Petersburg, and then I did this, another southbound repositioning. And then they asked me, would I be interested in, use, in going aboard the Magellan to the Amazon, the West Indies, oh, the wow. Azores, and back to the UK. How beautiful, yeah. So we did the, the trip um, up, the, up the Amazon, which is unlike anything anywhere else in the world. Yeah. It's just phenomenal um, I've got this great screenshot of my phone position blue dot in the middle of South America like <laughs> on the ship in the middle <laughs> of South America because yeah. you go 1,700 kilometers yeah. up inland um, on the ship and it was just it was phenomenal it was you, you know I don't have either of you been no, done I the Amazon? No, everybody that goes talk so highly about it yeah, yeah. I, I mean strange things like as you approach from the Atlantic, 200 kilometres offshore, the ocean starts to change colour yeah. with the mud. Yeah, yeah right. So okay. it starts to get sort of slightly changed colour, murky, and then it gets, and then full on mud. And then when you're, and the river is, is I mean, it's huge. Mm. Uh, there are places where it's three kilometres across. Mm. Yeah. You, can, you can almost not see, you know, if it's on a hazy day or if it's raining, yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. see either side. And the noise, there are things coming in the water all the time. So uh, boing, yeah. Yeah. pong on your on your um, on the hull yeah. Yeah. the whole time. So if you're in a low cabin, you know <laughs> you can sounds. hear all these sounds. Oh, you're goodness, boinging yeah. off the off the. Th- and the first few times, of course, that it happens, you kind of go, oh my god, what's yeah. going to happen? Yeah, what was that? What a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of the fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was it was an amazing trip, and I arrived back in um, into Perth, flew back into Perth. On the 28th of February, 2020. Oh <laughs> wow! Yeah, and then t- what? Three, four weeks later, we're we went. Lockdown. We went into yeah. lockdown. Yeah, unbelievable. And uh, we're, we're still in lockdown here, unfortunately. <sighs> the rest of the world is moving on, but we won't dwell on that too much. Um, <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting yes, there. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, if you could pick 
a voyage to anywhere in the world tomorrow. It doesn't matter whether it's a passenger or a guest lecturer or just somewhere that's on your bucket list that you haven't yet ticked off, where, where would you like to get to? I, I've always wanted to go to Antarctica. Uh, and yeah, it's on my list too. My mum would like to go, uh, and we had sort of were planning maybe to go together. Yep. So that's one thing. And then the opposite end to do the Northern Lights, mm-hmm. Norway, um, Faroe Islands, mm-hmm. um, and across to Canada. I oh, think nice. you know Northern Canada. It's, yeah, that's, those are two trips yeah. I'd love to do. Oh, yeah. brilliant! Yeah. And um, have you got any anybody booked you yet for a future guest lecturing program? Have you got anything uh, bubbling away, possibly? Uh, look, I've put my name forward, but I... We've been sharing contacts, haven't we? Yes, we have, <laughs> and Chris has been very generous in that regard, and I have to say thank you for oh, that. Oh, no, that's okay. It's, um, it's always lovely to, I mean, you know, you, to get into it, someone has to introduce you to someone, so... Yeah. Um, and you'll probably end up having some contacts at Ambassador. Yes, lines, yes. So I'll be definitely so. uh, recalling the favour a bit later on. <laughs> <laughs> Once sure. up and running. Sure. Um, and I mean, it's 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 not it's um, it's nice to to have other lecturers who are that you know that you yeah. can kind of say, look, they're really they're yeah, terrific, yeah, exactly. and you feel good about them. So that's really good. Tomorrow, will know like like I do as well, though, that the the cruise lines are are not booking Australian speakers at the moment because no. they just don't know when our borders are going to open. So why book us? Exactly, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and it's that's, stressful for us. Yeah, you know? it is. Uh, it is stressful, but it's also understandable. Yeah, understandable. And uh, I mean, I guess for me now, I've got a bit of a, a an experience, and I've got a, a host of, of lectures mm. packed away there. Um, I'm sort of looking at this becoming something that I will do when I retire. Yeah. So in, in five years, maybe, yeah. I'll be looking to... And then I'll be available to, to go on. by then. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Hopefully, yeah. Well, but you well, won't have to be begging for time off. You can just... Yeah, you know, exactly. If you, if you disappear for six months, it doesn't matter. That's uh, right. And that's, and that's what I'm hoping is in, in about five years. When everything's kind of settled and, and we're back to kind of normal, yeah. um, then I'll put my hand up and say I'm available for anything anywhere. Yeah. So you touched on there that you've got a number of different lectures kind of packed away. Are they all of a similar theme or topic or have you got a variety of different things that you talk about? I've done a bunch of destinations Okay. Um, because one of the things that I learned um, on the cruises was that good destination lectures are, are highly valued yeah. um, and so I've got a bunch of those. Then um, I've got about 40 um, lectures on folklore from okay. all over the world so I tailored my lecture program to fit with our destinations wherever oh, we were going. Clever. Brilliant. Yeah. So if we were going to, um, say, the Caribbean, um, I talked about the legendary characters of folklore in, in the Caribbean. So when they were ashore, people would hear things or yeah, see signs and go, oh, yeah. Or like when we were in Isle of Man and I talked about the mountain. And, yep. and so people would go, oh, that's what she was talking about. And that's what they mm. do. And oh, that's what, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it just gives them an added layer on top of geography and, and um, yep. you know, nature, animals and so on. It just gives another layer of connection. That's why of you've been invited back so many times, I suppose, because you oh, tailored it so. like that. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. <laughs> and out of all the different topics that you've got there, have you got one lecture that is your go-to that you just love more than anything delivering and you maybe you one you get the most feedback about? I don't know. Gosh, um, because I have tailored them so much, there are very few that, are, done that I've done yep. more and more. There are a couple that I that that I've designed deliberately because they can go anywhere. Yep. Um, one about bees. 
oh. folklore of bees and the magic of bees. Cool. Um, what about amber yeah. um, and similar things? Uh-huh. Um, albatross, the albatross, yeah. yep. which was is lovely. The whales and whale song and how whales are seen as the keepers of the world's wisdom oh. in across especially across the Pacific, yeah. um, it's in loads of stories all around yeah. the Pacific. Um, my favourite story though, my favourite one that, that is actually more UK based, mm-hmm. um, is one about gentlemen, um, gentlemen outlaws. Oh. Yeah, and there is. I've got four across history right. um, of the highwaymen and modern burglars and things yeah. who behaved with a set of high morals you yeah, know yeah. they said please give me your jewels <laughs> yeah. um, you know, or dance with me before I rob you of your horse and yeah. all your possessions <laughs> very um, nice criminals <laughs> yeah and the stories are hilarious and it's lovely because you hear chuckles in yeah, the audience yeah. of people who appreciate it that so. audience feedback is so important it's, it's not, such a nice feeling it is yeah. good isn't it yeah I know Chris has got a favourite theatre that he likes to deliver his lectures in if you had to choose a particular venue it doesn't have to be a theatre but if you had to choose a particular venue that you particularly enjoy delivering your, your presentations in is, is the one that springs to mind gosh um Miguel, I think a lot of it depends on your on your um, your team with the with right. the with, you know how they support set you, you set you up, up yeah. and all of that. Mm. Um, Asta's great because the, it's so close, it's yeah. small and intimate, and Astoria is the same. Astoria is probably the best, I mm. think, because it's not actually the show lounge. Okay. They they have a um, a separate like a cinema that they mm. use. Mm-hmm. So that means you've got a great screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you're close to everybody. It's it's quite big. The seats are really comfortable. Yeah. Um, and it's a it, yeah. So I, I, probably the Astoria is yep. is really is really nice, nice because the others are all in the show lounge. Yeah. 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 Um, and while that can be they they're set up for shows. They're not necessarily that good for talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's nice to be able to see the audience. A lot of yeah. the show lounges on cruise ships are so big that you, you the sight lines from the speaker's point of view aren't that great. No. So. And, uh, in Vasco da Gama, this, it's quite steep. <sighs> so for you to see kind of people, you, you kind of looking, looking way up yeah, and yeah, you yeah, look yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and uh, the same in uh, Magellan, they're furthest, they're spread out. It's line of sight's easier. Um, but yeah, I think Astoria and, and Asta, because I like to have that connection mm, yeah. with my audience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I find it difficult when they're sort of distant and I can't see their faces. And So one of the things I would always ask the techs is would they have low house lights on? Yeah. Mm. So I can, so can see, see people. people's yeah. faces. You know, are they are they going to sleep? Do I need to move on? You know, <laughs> rocking up the ship. They do sometimes. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. It's always the front row. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they don't snore, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we've. My next one's probably just a bit of fun, but. Um, We've all been in the lift, we've all been in a hallway and heard some of the, the crazy questions that uh, people mm-hmm. ask crew members. If, you, if, you just, if any of them spring to mind, just uh, let's have a, a bit of light-hearted humour. I think my favourite one is, does this elevator take me to the front of the ship? Yeah. <laughs> I like oh, it. I lo- oh. uh, does this ship make its own power? To which the officer replies, no, we have very long extension cords. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness, I don't... You hear any of the I funny Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've heard them, but I don't sort of retain them. I oh, really? Don't, I, yeah. <laughs> that just brushes I just, over you. I yeah, just kind enough. of go, oh, dear. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, I, oh gosh. No, nope, nothing springs to mind. Sorry to be a letdown. Does this lift go up or down? Mm. Which is mm. an interesting one. That's quite a common one, I think. Yeah, no, I'm mostly, uh, I don't, I've not heard any kind of really ones I think that have stuck with me that oh, have been seriously quality bad. Kind of passenger on board CMV then, they don't ask funny <laughs> questions. Well, maybe but probably they do. Maybe more experienced cruisers, who knows? Yeah. Well, look, exactly. I don't know, but, um, or maybe it's just great crew who anticipate yeah. and don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's been a little while since you were last on a particular ship, as it has been for, for many of us now. Mm. Is there anything that it, you're missing the most about not being able to, to get on a cruise ship? Probably more from a passenger point of view than, uh, you know, working on board. I love the, the feel, the vibe, literally the vibration of yeah, yeah. the ship. Mm. I love the, the, the feel of it, the sound of it, um, and, the, and I love motion on the ocean. So, yeah. I, because as I've said before, I don't get seasick, so I'm like, bring me the waves. <laughs> um, when I did the, the trip from Fremantle back to Tilbury around Africa, um, I had friends, and so when I got on board and said to guest services manager, who is a gorgeous, gorgeous man who I love, and I said to him, um, I would really love the most forward cabin you can give me. Wow, and he said so to me, cool. are you sure? <laughs> and I said, yes. And so I was in the most forward cabin that they could give me. Which ship was this one? On Asta. Asta again, yeah. Yeah, so I was... Yeah, I don't think I put that, did I? That I did the, the, the reverse journey. So no, I've circ- you've I have circumvented. I've gone around the world on Asta. Oh, wow. There's not many people that could say that, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. What is the worst sea conditions you've been in? Um, I mean, for you, it would be the best sea conditions. But yes. what I mean is, like, what's the roughest seas? Do you remember? Actually, the roughest seas and the worst conditions I've been in was in Alaska. Okay. Um, it was a small uh, catamaran, yep. 40, maximum 40 guests. Okay. Um, at the time, they were 25. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to get, um, we were coming back from um, Glacier Bay, trying to get to Catch uh, uh, Catch yep. And there's a relatively large area of open, reasonably open water, because mm-hmm. as you know, in Inside Passage, it's mostly uh, little passages between yeah, yeah. the islands, islands but there is too. a patch that's reasonably big. The weather blew up, it took us 24 hours and four attempts <laughs> to get across, and in the end, what the captain did was he took us south and kind of slingshot us with the weather, with the wind behind oh, okay. us oh, across, okay. instead of, yeah, instead of trying to, so we hugged the, the edge of lots of things, uh, lots of islands until we came south, right south, and then with the wind behind us, he got us forward, got us heading north, and then we kind of did a yeah. hard right turn yeah. into that little, that little stretch that takes you down to catch a cannon. It was all very exciting for a while, and there, was a, there were a lot of sick crew yeah, and a lot were, of sick passengers. <laughs> there were about four of us in the forward, um, in the forward observation deck, which also was the lounge and the bar yeah. and everything, um, sitting there in our chairs with our feet up on the, up on the um, railing, mm-hmm. going, "Yeehaw! Bring it!" Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> you're on your favourite roller coaster. Yeah, my yeah. husband in the corner going, "Bring me a bucket." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, for listeners that are thinking of a cruise for Alaska to the first time, it's not always like that. I've been on it's been like not. a mill pond. No, it, it's, he, the captain actually said it was it was pretty rare. Yeah. Um, but we did choose the first cruise of the season, so you know, kind of yeah, you're taking a yeah. bit of a risk. And you were on a small, small ship. It was too. a very, very small, small yeah. vessel. Yeah, I've got nice a great though. photo actually that I that I sent to my friends. Here's our cruise ship, and it's a picture in Ketchikan of this um, enormous. I think it was an MSC kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 
20-storey thing. Um, and just in the bottom left-hand corner, there's this tiny little <laughs> um, catamaran that's heading out. And I went, no, not the one on the right, the one on the left. Maybe if you can send the picture to Baz, you can put it in the show notes. Yeah. Sure, have a look. yeah. yeah. sure I will, because it it's a good photo. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And I'm curious, have you ever tried a river cruise? Uh, yes, I have. I've been on the Nile. Of course, you did tell me that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Um, and I would be, I'd love to do uh, the rivers of Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, do they do rivers of America? Um, yeah, I mean, you could do Mississippi, yeah. but yeah. I mean. The Colorado slash Snake River also has a little bit. Okay. And then you've got All the Great Lakes right. on the other yeah, side. Yeah, Great Lakes would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that'd be really interesting. But um, yeah, I'd love to do in, in Europe. River, river cruises through Europe, that'd yeah. be fab. And plenty of folklore there. Oh, yes. Heaps <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> content around the world that you can tap into. Yeah, it's, it's neat. Yeah. It's, it's so if the listeners wanted to um, f- follow you, hear from you, do you have any socials? Um, my you socials if you don't? <laughs> My socials are just me. Um, yep. my, you know, my, my name. Uh, I don't accept friends unless I've actually met somebody. It's yeah. just one of those, yeah. you know, standard policies. Um, but I do have a page because I'm also a civil celebrant, so I have oh, a page well, as a civil Give that a bit of a push because, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. people are, maybe whether they're looking for, for a celebration at sea, like a wedding or something, a renewal of vows at oh, sea. That would be wonderful. Yeah, I'd love to cool. do that. Yeah. Or even something here in Fremantle. If, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm Tamara Spiritual Celebrant. Um, I do all kinds of ceremonies, weddings, funerals, um, house blessings, um, babies, namings, oh, all the things. Wow. It's, it's a nice job. It's a lovely job. Brilliant. Well, we'll be sure to put the, the link to all of that in the, the show notes for today's episode. Tamara, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure catching up with you and hearing some of your personal stories, some of your folklore, and, of course, getting to know about your, your time at sea. Um, we'll hopefully see you uh, back on the podcast once you've been maybe on the, the next cruise. Who knows? Oh, I'd yeah, love to. What a great, what a great goal. Yeah, yes, please. Meet up on board the, uh, the Ambience from okay, Ambassador Cruise Lines when she's in service. That sounds great. Let's do that. Thank you very much. It's, it's a joy to talk about. I love spending time with cruise nerds. So <laughs> yes. happy, happy to hang out with you guys and share and chat, and I hope people um, find it a little bit entertaining, a bit of fun. Yeah, so, there's lots of stories. Everybody's got stories, cruise stories. So. Well, I'll take you off now and get you that G&T that we promised earlier in the podcast. Excellent. And, and, and the... Um, the uh, espresso martini. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 Gosh, this okay. list is getting long. It's getting you long. shouldn't have offered to, to do this. <laughs> well, we've got a drinks. We've got a drinks package. We <laughs> just, just spoke a few weeks ago about the, the Guinness breakfast. Maybe we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Catch you soon. Thank you. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage.